this is an amazing point that we're um, learning right now about the connection between the two meanings of the word Maccabee and the numerical equivalent of the word Maccabee. So Maccabee stands for the verse, who is like you among the mighty Hashem? And that verse could also be read to mean, who is like you among the silent Hashem? And, and those letters, Maccabee, also stand for the words, blessed be the glory of Hashem from his place. And the word Maccabee is the American equivalent to the word kindness. So how did all these things come together? So we learned yesterday something amazing. What did we learn yesterday? We learned that the reason why Hashem is called silent is because in this physical world, there's a concealment of godliness. Because Hashem is concealed, therefore Hashem is called silent, in the sense that we don't, we don't um, hear Him with our ears, and uh, we see divine providence, but it's still not, it's still, it still can be called silent. Um, but when we say Hashem is mighty, that's referring to the infinite revelation in the world of chaos, where the lights are greater than the vessels, and where the lights explode the vessels. So these two um, phrases can come together if the glory of Hashem comes from His place. What does that mean? When there's a revelation of godliness, it comes from the essence of Hashem. The essence of Hashem has no parameters, no limitations. So when the revelation comes from Hashem's very essence, then it transforms the place of silence to be the place of powerful revelation. Who, when is Hashem mighty in the place of silence? When do you see Hashem's light, even in the place of silence, when the revelation is coming from His essence? Because the essence has no limitations. So when the essence is revealed, it's in everything, it's in everywhere, even in the lowest of places, even in the place of silence. And that's the of, of kindness. When Hashem's revelation is coming from His essence, so then it, it's, it's, it's kindness. Kindness is, in Kabbalah, means revelation. Hashem is showing closeness to us. Hashem is, Hashem is being kind to us and giving, and giving us an, a, a, a vivid uh, perception of Him. So, so that's why the word Maccabee is the American equivalent to kindness, because Maccabee is about the drawing of Hashem's glory from His place, from the essence of Hashem, and therefore brings the infinite light of Hashem into the place of silence. It brings who is like among the mighty of Hashem. Where does it bring that revelation down to? In the place of who is like among the silent Hashem. Okay, now we're going to see how this connects with the questions we asked in the beginning of the Mimer about the lighting of the menorah. Let's go to line number 20 on page 32. Do you have it, Daniel? No? Okay, so you know paraphrase in the Hebrew. So according to this, we can explain the reason why the light in the menorah in the temple was specifically during the daytime. We were asking, Hanukkah menorah is supposed to be when the sun sets. The menorah that was lit in the temple, which is the origin of the light of the menorah, was lit specifically during the daytime. The light of the menorah that we light is specifically supposed to be at the entrance of the home to the outside. The light of the menorah is supposed to be specifically... Um, uh, done by every single person. But in the base of Migdash, it was done by only a very, very special, the most special of people, the Kohen Godel. It was done in, in, the, in the inner sanctum, and it was done um, during the daytime. So what's the reason for all these differences? Let's go again, page, 20, page uh, 32, line number 20. Uh, you, don't, you can ask, access your WhatsApp from your phone, Daniel. So it's, it's in the Hasidic chat. I, th- I, added, I didn't ask, add the Hasidic chat? I didn't add you there? I thought I did. Right now, it's outside your phone right now. Sorry, um, I'll add you later. Okay, 
Okay, let's go to our questions now. Um, line 20, page 32. It's you, Daniel. No, you don't get it? You have the um, right page number? 30 on the... It's the 30 on this one. Not the 30 on the... Page 32. 32. I'm sorry, 32. Yeah. Line 20. See it? Rapids, a yuvenatam. According to this, we can explain the reason. Why did the candles in the base of Mingdash need to be lit specifically, specifically during the daytime? The idea of daytime in Hasidus and Kabbalah means revelation. So why did the base Amigdash need to be the candles in the base Amigdash need to be lit during the daytime? Because what's the base Amigdash about? It's about the light of Hashem being revealed in the physical space. As we learned yesterday, the Holy of Holies, there was it was physical space, but it didn't, didn't take up any space. There was a f- infinite light of Hashem in the base Amigdash. It was present, it was revealed. In the place of Elohim, the place of concealment, there was Havai, there was revelation. But in this union between the in, between Hashem's revelation and between Hashem's concealment, between Havai and Elohim, there can be two ways. One way is where there's an ascent from below to above, that the worlds ascend and come close to godliness. Another way is that the light of Hashem descends to the worlds. And in the temple, there was an elevation from below to above. As the Torah says about the kindling of the candles in the temple, when Aaron, when Aaron will lift the candles. So the word means to be elevated. When Aaron, when Aaron um, causes the candles to ascend. Aaron is not about bringing something from above to below, it's about causing the candles to ascend, which spiritually means causing us to be awakened. To our, we are the candles, the, the menorah represents all the souls of the Jewish people, and Aaron is about empowering us to yearn to be close to Hashem. And that's the reason why the candles that they be lit on the inside. Because the kind of change that Aaron was trying to affect was something that is internal, which is deep, which is part of you. There's an elevation from below to above. There's something which is happening within you, and you're rising, you want to go somewhere. So that's the reason why it was in a place that was conducive for this experience. Aaron was about not about causing there to be a temporary change. He was about causing it to be a deep experience. Not, not trying to zap us with something that came from heaven, but to try to change, cause a little change within. And that's why, in the time of the temple, what was able to be elevated? Only the sparks of holiness. Only things which were prone, which were susceptible, which were open, which were open to being elevated. Or material, mundane things that were able to be elevated. But there wasn't 
the possibility of, of transforming and elevating the opposition, things that go against Hashem. Because it's about pneumius, it's about absorbing something internally, and something which is, which is going against Hashem isn't a vessel for it. And that's the reason why the only one who collected the menorah was Arin. What's the essence of Arin? Arin is about kindness. It's about in order to elicit a change from below to above, in order to affect this change, there has to be a very lofty place where it comes from. In order to cause us to want to ascend, there has to be something that's given to us. As is known about the prayer they're going to say to recite tonight, the prayer we recite tonight is, Let come my beloved and greet the bride. So the Alter says that the bride refers to Jewish people, and nothing says the Alter ever ascends to heaven, nothing ever is, has the inspiration to come closer to Hashem until Hashem empowers that entity to, to ascend. And that's the purpose of Kabbalah Shabbos, L'chodeidi, it's a, it's, a, it's a godly revelation to, um, in order to cause L'kras Kala to the Jewish people in order to think Shabbos Nakabla. It's in order that we should um, have this yearning. It's a godly revelation in order that we should have this yearning. It's like the verse says, draw me after you and we will run. The whole week, in order for us to um, we're, 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 we're drawn after you. It's not, it's not um, we're drawn after Hashem. And there has to be, Hashem has to pull us to Him. Draw me after you. In order for us to run, He has to pull us. And that's the um, purpose of um, the recital of Song of Songs and the meaning of Song of Songs. Uh, not everyone has this custom. We don't have the custom of reciting Song of Songs on Friday night, but some people do. The idea of reciting Song of Songs and the meaning of Song of Songs is empowering the Jewish people to want to come close to Hashem. That's what happens during the week. But, on, but the, it says in Gemara, if you work before Shabbos, then you, you can eat on Shabbos. So there is something that, there's something of Shabbos we have throughout the week as well. And that's the uh, part of davening from by Yivarech David to Shemun Asri. All of that part of davening is about causing us inspiration to, for us to want to ascend to Hashem. So just like this is in some way throughout the week, there's some kind of, of inspiration Hashem gives us, so too on Friday night there's something more, um, a greater revelation to cause us to uh, want to come closer. So there's a revelation, a very lofty revelation, to cause inspiration within us to want to come closer. That's, that's the meaning of Kabbalah Shabbos. To greet the Shabbos, to, for, the, for the bride to come, for the bride to want to come to the groom, there's a revelation. The candles of Shabbos have a similar impact to the candles of Esau Migdash. And that's why the candles of Shabbos are similar, that they are lit before sundown, they're lit on the inside of the home specifically, because the candles of Shabbos are also about causing an arousal from below to above to want to inspire ourselves, to yearn to be close to Hashem. That's why Shabbos candles and the menorah of the temple were lit during the daytime and insights about a relation of godliness in a way that the, that, that the world receives it and is inspired by it and wants to ascend. However, the candles of Hanukkah, they're about a revelation from above to below. 
that the revelation of Hashem should be in the physical world, not about us departing, but about the light of Hashem reaching and being revealed here in the physical world. It's about it staying here. It's about, it, about the impact that it has here. And that's where the light of the menorah is specifically lit. When it gets dark, when the sun sets, because the theme of the lighting of the menorah is to give light to the place of darkness. The Gemara says, you light a light the menorah until the Tarmudai uh, conclude their, um, their uh, presence in the marketplace. The Tarmudai and the surface were people who hung out in the marketplace longer than everybody else. And they were like gypsy kind of people who sold uh, wood. They gathered wood, they sold wood. That's a simple meaning of Tarmudai. But the word Tarmudai also means to rebel. And the uh, tradition is that there, was this, that there was this group of people that rebelled against Shlomo Melech when he, um, when he commissioned them to uh, build the base of Megdash. So they were, so until the feet of the Tarmudai, until the feet of those who rebel, leave the marketplace. So on the surface is a time. They leave the marketplace the latest. But Hasidus says it's not about a time, it's about a, uh, until something changes. You have to light the menorah and you have to bring the light to the place of darkness until you see a change. What change are you looking for? That those who rebel against Hashem are transformed. The word tarmud comes from the word to rebel. And what is the meaning of the fear of the tarmud? The fear of the tarmud means the lowest level of the tarmud, the, the tarmud himself. In, the, in this rebellion in himself, there are different, different kinds of rebellion. But the lowest kind of rebellion is in the lowest part of the one rebelling. That doesn't specify here what he's referring to. Um, in other discourses, um, the Rebbe points out that you can only move, can only walk around with your feet. And the Rebbe says that this refers to the fact that there's, the rebellion is growing. That, there is, that, there is, that they're not just people who are rebelling against Hashem. And not just a place of the marketplace. The marketplace represents a place of fragmentation in Hebrew, the marketplace is called the Rosh Arab, the public domain, where there are many different forces. So it's not only that there are many different forces, that you feel, in, in the, you feel that there's some, uh, something other besides Hashem governing that place. It's a place of, of a multitude, a place of many things governing that place, but more, th- there are people walking in there, that, which, which represents that there's some kind of advancement, some kind of movement in the marketplace that they're ascending, they're doing better and better. So if you have to... Even though the, the darkness is such that those who are rebelling against Hashem are advancing, darkness is getting greater and greater, that's the impact of Hanukkah to reach that, that, that time and that space where it's not just dark, but it's getting darker and, dark and, and darker. But on the surface, it seems like over here in this discourse, the Rebbe is translating the Fidah Tarmadoi to describe a different kind of rebellion. It sounds like to me, you could be rebelling against Hashem because you're arrogant, because you're, of your intellect. You could be rebelling against Hashem because of your emotions. And you could be rebelling against Hashem because you don't even know why, because you're just a, you're just a, um, a, a doormat to people around you and just following whatever everyone else is doing and, and, and just, uh, just this chutzpah, just this arrogance. Like, just because, just because. It's a, it's, it sounds like to me that's the, the feet of the one who is rebelling. Not his mind, not his heart. You're just, you're just following along. It's hard to reach that person because, it's, because it doesn't, it's, there's nothing there to talk to. Anyways, but be it as it may, whatever, whatever it is, the Talmud guy, guy isn't a nice guy. He's rebelling against Hashem. And the light of the menorah reaches that person too. 
By lighting the, the menorah, there's an elevation and a transformation at this low level. However, in time of Shlomo Melech, we're learning earlier in the discourse how that there wasn't a full revelation in time of Shlomo Melech. In his time, who the servants of Shlomo Melech themselves rebelled against Shlomo Melech. The um, the Tarmud and the Tadmur, the um, the 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 group of of converts um, from the place called Tadmur, um, the Gemara says that we cannot accept converts in that place because they are um, they are servants of Shlomo, meaning they marry Jewish people, Jewish Jewish daughters, um, because of their wealth, and they live like Gentiles. And um, and the Gemara says that you can't accept the, the, the position of that um, Tana who had this position. Why do you say you can't accept converts from the, from from that uh, region? Because that Tana had the opinion that if a non-Jew marries a Jewish woman, the child is illegitimate. That's not the halacha, but that was his opinion, and that's and that's the uh, meaning of the um, of the statement. Don't accept people from that place of Tadmor because they're goyim who marry Jewish women, but. The uh, simple um, point that's relevant to our discourse is that the servants of Shlomo were Tadmor. They were in a state of rebellion. And although there was a tremendous revelation in the time of Shlomo Melech, there was still a, revel- still a rebellion. And so the candles of the menorah are even greater than the revelation of Shlomo Melech. We said earlier in the discourse that the Queen of Shiva traveled to, to see Shlomo and she brought him taxes. That's great. But there, there wasn't affecting everyone. And there were the, these servants of Shlomo who were still rebelling against it. What's the meaning of lighting the menorah? I mean, lighting the menorah is the idea of sacrifice. Just like it was in those days, in time of the Maccabim. So too is it in our time, lighting the menorah is the meaning of sacrifice. What does that mean? That a Jew who serves Hashem is not affected. From the darkness of the exile. Not only is he not affected by the darkness, he illuminates the darkness. And that's how he impacts the exile itself. That the concealment of godliness should be should be eradicated. There should be no more concealment. And all those things that, that preventing the service of Hashem should be removed. And there should be there should be revelation of godliness. That's the meaning of lighting the menorah in the place of darkness on a personal level. What's the of lighting the menorah? Sacrifice. Lighting the menorah, the candles of menorah. Everyone said. You should you should you should listen to what the candles are telling you. See, they're telling they said, "What should you do? Go to a Jew with a white beard and ask the Jew with a white beard what the candles are telling you." Here, there was telling himself what the candles are telling us. The candles are about sacrifice, and what kind and what is a sacrifice? What kind of sacrifices does that mean that you see this darkness and instead of being swept away with the darkness, you stop and you hold ground. You're not affected. Not only you're not affected, but you bring a greater light into the place of darkness. You remove the opposition. You remove the things that are preventing the service of Hashem. And not only do you cause there to be light there too, but you cause there to be even greater light in the place of darkness than there was before there was darkness there. Like the time of Mashiach. As the revelation will be when Mashiach will come. And that's the reason why the light of the menorah will never cease. It says that um, Aaron felt terrible that he wasn't allowed to bring a gift for the inauguration of the temple, Hashem said, Aaron, why do you feel bad? Your candles 
are greater than everyone else's gifts because the candles of the menorah will never stop. What does it mean they'll never stop? On the surface, the gifts they gave were a one-time thing. Aaron's candles are every day. But it also means the candles of the menorah continue, says Nachmanides, even after the temple is destroyed. The candles of the menorah continue in the, can- the candles of, of, the, of the temple of the menorah continue in our menorahs. So, although there's no more sacrifices, but still the menorah is still there. The menorah never gets, gets destroyed. Why does the menorah never get destroyed? Because just like it says, Hashem says about Himself, I do not change. Hashem is eternal. So in the light of the menorah, there is a revelation of the infinity of Hashem. Although we are now in the time of exile, there's a taste in the candles of the menorah of the revelation of the coming Mashiach. And this will actually bring us to the coming of Mashiach, letting the menorah, is a special catalyst to bring us to the perfect revelation that will happen when Mashiach will come. And then Hashem will transform all nations to serve Him with, with clear speech and one consent. This will happen to all Gentiles. They will also come to serve Hashem. This will certainly happen to all Jews. Because the Jews are the ones who cause this all to happen. By their service of Hashem. The glory of Hashem will be revealed. And all flesh will see that the mouth of Hashem is speaking. Meaning that even our physical flesh will recognize that, they, it's, that what keeps it in existence, what, what animates it, what sustains it, is only the word of Hashem every single moment. And the world before the knowledge, knowledge of Hashem, like water covers the ocean bed. And we will see the fulfillment of what we say in the prayer of Alanisim. That we will thank and praise your great name. And as the prophet Zechariah says, that on that day, Hashem will be a king over the whole world. On that day, his, Hashem will be one, and His name will be one. What does it mean? Hashem will be one, His name will be one. What it means is, the shame Now there's a difference between the way Hashem's name is written and the way Hashem's name is read. It's written yud and it's read yud. Why is it written one way and said another way? Because now the oper- the way Hashem connects with us is through adnay, through concealment. When Mashiach will come, Hashem will connect to us. The way we'll speak about Hashem, the way it will be. When, we, when you talk about something, it means, it means the way it is in the vernacular, the way it is that the way it is, is, is palpably and tangibly and openly and clearly. You're talking about it. It's in front of you. It could be things to be written in a book, but it's not clear. But that when Mashiach will come, that whatever's written in the book, whatever is the truth of Hashem, will be the, something that we're able to speak about, we're able to say Hashem's name, Yudke Vavke, because it'll be revealed, the, the infinite revelation of Godliness will be revealed to our eyes. Just like the way Hashem's name will be written, so will it be read. Okay, so in short, we learned today is like this. We learned the meaning of the um, of the word Maccabee. What is a Maccabee? Maccabee is an acronym for the words who is like you among the mighty Hashem. Maccabee also means who is like you among the silent Hashem. Maccabee is also numerically equivalent to, to the word kindness, chesed. What is the meaning of all this? So we learned that the... the um, through their mysterious nefesh, through their sacrifice, they cause the revelation of Hashem's essence. And when Hashem's essence is revealed, so the place of Hashem's strength 
the infinite light of Hashem in the world of Tayo, in the world of chaos, reaches the, um, the, the place of Hashem's silence. Even this physical world, which seems, like, seems to be a place of Hashem's silence, when the revelation comes from Hashem's very essence, the infinite light of the world of chaos is able to, there's no borders, no limitations anymore. And what was previously reserved for, for the world of chaos is able to reach the world of silence. Because of revelations, revelations coming from Hashem's essence, there are no borders, there are no parameters, and what is, and the, the infinite light of Hashem of the world of chaos can reach to this physical world. And that's the idea of kindness, a revelation of godliness, pure revelation. And this helps us understand um, oh, and that's the other the acronym of the word Maccabee. Baruch Hashem Let the glory of Hashem be blessed from His place. We learned the word blessed means to be drawn down. When the, when the glory of Hashem is coming from His place and the place of Hashem's essence, there are no borders and there could be the, the, the infinite revelation, the mighty revelation in the place of Ba'elim, in the place of silence. Everyone got that? Yeah? No? Yeah, it's very powerful. Baruch powerful Indian. Unbelievable. And then, then, then we learned about the difference between the, the Shabbos candles and the temple's candles, and the candles of the menorah. The Shabbos candles and the menorah's candles of the temple are about a, the, the trajectory of what they're trying to accomplish is upwards. It's about making something, a deep, meaningful change in us that we're yearning to be close to Hashem. So if you're talking about deep and meaningful, you're talking about environment, you're talking about a, a, a context where that can happen. You're talking about people who are, who are open to it. And therefore... Where is that? It's in the temple. It's in the daytime. It's in a place where the, the, where this is um, where there's where there is a revelation, and the, in the place of revelation, Aaron elicits us. He causes he lights our menorah. He causes us to one come close to Hashem. It's a revelation that they were able that, that those were able to 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 be to listen to can listen to and those were able to to um, appreciate and be inspired but can appreciate and be inspired and be and be elevated. But the menorah's candles are about something else. It's not about going to a place which, which is conducive for it. The menorah's candles are about going to a place of darkness. They're, they're lit in the darkness. They're lit in the place of, the, of those who rebel against Hashem. The menorah's candles are about uh, one-upping what happened in the time of Shlomo Melech. In the time of Shlomo Melech, there was people which couldn't be elevated. There's, there's a temple, but then elevate everybody. Not everybody was, was into the temple. There were those who had opposed Shlomo Melech silently. The revelation of the candles of the menorah are the revelation of the coming of Mashiach. It's a taste of the revelation of the coming of Mashiach, where the darkness is transformed to light, and not just it reaches the place of darkness, but it transforms it. And uh, this is why, I was mentioned this discourse, but this is why it's so important to uh, share the, the lights of the menorah with other people and inspire Jews to light the menorah, because this, this really does something. It affects a real change. All right, any questions or comments? All right, a good Shabbos, a good Yontiv. Good Shabbos, a Zev, Yontiv, David, Yontiv, and Beryl. We're still stunned by our silence. <laughs>